everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with me, Lai Ming, joined by Niu Hongling and Yu Shun. Coming up, should we wipe out every old building and ancient street to make room for ever bigger, taller, and more efficient high rises? What can we do to safeguard valuable heritage tucked away in the narrow historic streets? We discuss the approaches to soothe our nostalgia and preserve our culture. And have you ever worked for a company where you feel like you don't belong? You must have heard about personality tests. But have you ever thought about a personality test for companies and businesses? Is it possible that your personality simply doesn't agree with the character of the company? Let us know if you ever had a problem fitting into the company culture. Now on Roundtable, the issue of ancient and historic streets in the wake of urbanization—we've all seen it. Last time I went home to my hometown, I was looking for my primary school, and lo and behold, it's no longer there.、Uh, it's the the place now is、uh, Plaza, where everybody gets to hang out and have fun. And my old school has since been relocated to an, an urban, a suburban area where people are. Trying very hard to get some apartments nearby. <laughs> well, that might be because your old school or the fun and lovable streets behind your old school was just simply not old enough. Because when it comes That's to that's the one standard to look at things. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, when it comes to historical and cultural blocks, they are actually areas that reflect the local culture and tradition scene of a certain period in history. They are characterized by many historical buildings and. Cultural relics, and they can also be witness or be a witness to history and reflect the value of traditional culture. So, being traditional enough, being let's say old enough, or at least being able to represent a certain period in history is kind of the value we look for. For these historical places, and when it comes to historical sites, of course, in different countries and different places, there are historical sites that you can visit that are with historical values in the sense that they are literally historical relics. But I think our、um, notion here is a little broader than that. When the place can reflect certain characteristics, so certain cultural characteristics, they still count for,、um, in a way, the kind. Of historical and cultural sites we talk about, and actually, according to、um, a white paper, there are 134 national historical and cultural 
cities, 875 designated historical and cultural districts, and over 24,000 historical buildings in China. The protection of these cultural heritage sites involves innovative methods with a focus on preserving the authenticity while integrating them into modern life. Right. So there's one thing that you mentioned in your uh, presentation that is it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter how old it is. It doesn't no. really have to be ancient for one district or one building to be categorized as historical or uh, cultural. Because if you think about it, I mean, in Charleston, South Carolina became the first American city to establish a local historic district. That's in the United States. And to think that a country with scarcely a few hundred years in history uh, still have um, its ground to set up historical districts and historical buildings, then uh, it matters a lot And then to look at the reasons or the justifications as to why they should be named, defined, and preserved. Here in China in 2015, um, the um, Ministry of Urban Planning um, and also the uh, Authority on uh, Antiquity and, and Antiques announced the first batch of uh, historical streets, and there was uh, about 30 of them. So we took a quick look into it. I mean, one of them, obviously, uh, a few of them actually, were uh, in Beijing, Beijing being the capital city of the country and also the capital city for many ancient dynasties back then uh, naturally there are plenty of historical streets uh, to be found but then if you look further north or northeast in the uh, uh, city of Changchun in Jilin province then there is the the historical streets pertaining to the first auto manufacturing factory so that really um, bears witness to uh, that part of history mm. where China was really trying to develop its own automobile industry. So that, so there's always some uh, historical significance pertaining to the designation and the preservation of historical districts. And in the meantime, I think um, knowing the historical sites and having some examples of historical sites in both China and overseas countries can be important or um, it can help people understand what kind of places can be justified as historical and cultural sites. I think it can be a little bit different in different places. For example, like Climbing has just said, if we're talking about sites in the United States, they only have hundreds of years of history. So but even in that hundreds uh, years of history, they've gone through a lot. There's colonial. There's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. West. But but the thing is, China is a vast country. We have a really long history. So I feel like the threshold is being lifted up a little bit. <laughs> like so, if you're only a few hundred years old as a building, then you you almost don't count unless and, you have other. Or uh, maybe features. if you're Liming's old school, well, you gotta move. It's just not exactly. significant enough. I know, but. If we talk about, for example, certain sites here in Beijing, right. uh, if you travel to Beijing, I believe, I'm going to bet that you have visited Nanlo Guxiang. Mm -hmm. That is a place that was built in um, 1276 AD. Wow. I thought it was quite a new place because it's really commercialized. You can buy a lot of different souvenirs and little handicrafts there, but actually it has a really long history. It has a history of over 740 years. It is one of the oldest hutongs, which is small alleys right. in Beijing. And it 
The Nanlongguxiang and its surrounding areas were once the capital city center of the Yuan Dynasty,、okay. so it really has historical significance. And the word hutong means alleyways in China.、Right. In Chinese, we talked about it. The traditional hutong blocks are made up of courtyard houses joined wall to wall with hutong lanes crossing the blocks. Which means if you visit Nanlongguxiang, visit that place, even though you find it quite commercialized with coffee shops, with restaurants, and With snack shops,、yeah. snack shops and souvenir selling little shops with really modern interior decorations, you can still visit some Sihuyuan, some courtyard, and you can still have a sense of what Beijing used to be at that period of time.、Mm-hmm. And also, I think the point of you know defining these places as historical sites is because after that they can be well preserved because if they are just Just like all of the towns or little villages we have in the city or in rural areas, they will just be a kind of ordinary town, and it may be, you know, not as important as it. People will not treat it as important as these kind of well-preserved, like historical sites. And after that, I think with and. Not only people can preserve it, also they can create some job opportunities or boost the economy for the local people.、Mm-hmm. Before we get carried away with、uh, enthusiasm into、uh, a lot of the historical streets,、um, uh, historical areas in China, in Beijing,、uh, Yushun,、um, in your research, have you found any influential and well-known historical districts outside of this country? I mean, there are, there are plenty of historical cities out there. Right.、Um, the first thing that comes to my mind when we're talking about historical streets is Rome, because we all learned that sentence: all roads, all roads lead to Rome. Right. <laughs>、um, so many towns in Rome still preserve those kind of cobblestone roads and ancient buildings, and like these fountains and maybe cathedrals, and people can visit it just like what we saw on TV、um, and these kind of commercial advertising. Things and and、um, yeah, that's quite fascinating, and it can give people a sense of you walk inside of an ancient town, and you can feel exactly how these people. Experienced.、Mm, it's a little bit like a time traveling kind、mm, of experience,、right. or like a time capsule. When you go there, you,、oh, you feel like、too. you travel back in time to、uh, a few thousand years ago. Then, so、uh, the first impression we get when it comes to the protection and preservation of historical districts or streets is that you it makes you feel like you travel back in time. Namely, so they've worked tried very hard to preserve the appearance. Of the of the location or of the place, and is that a principle that we can talk about that we can share when we when we discuss the preservation of his of history and and also the pre- preservation of our sense of nostalgia. That is a very interesting question because, as an outsider, of course, you want the place to be as authentic as possible. You want it to be a time capsule. You wanted to visit there, and it's like you're visiting a historic place at that period of time. But if you think a little bit deeper, thinking about your experience of using the public public bathroom in those historic sites. 
Do you want it to be as authentic as that period of time? Maybe not. I, I can't imagine what it looked like、uh, in ancient times. That's the problem. And also, if you think about people living in that area, because even though we are talking about historical and cultural sites, actually, still there are residents living near or in those areas. They are conducting businesses. They are preserving some of the historical houses.、Mm-hmm. So their life quality also matters. And if If you want to visit these places, if you want to make them、um, the kind of tourist destination, of course, commercial activities would happen, and you want to consider the kind of condition for business owners. So I feel like when it comes to the standards of the renovation, of course, the very first, mo- one of the most important one is to make sure, like Liming has just said, the appearance of these places are still preserved. But in the meantime, maybe we can improve the Condition, as in we can improve the waterway, the sewage system. We can improve the、right. indoor decoration, and at least strike a balance between the local economic benefits. Oh well, uh. And the cultural preservation,、mm, and also I think the transformation needs to be carried out in a small scale and gradual manner to actually preserve the authenticity of. This site, because you know,、um, we can see as early as 2018, the Ministry of Housing and Urban Rural Development issued a notice requiring localities to use these、uh, relatively subtle transformations to progressively improve people's lives or enhance the livability of neighborhoods, such as what Yoli was sa- saying, you know, the sewage system or something like that, and increase the public satisfaction of you know living in that place. Mm-hmm. Can't really have、uh, tourists staying in an ancient hotel and、uh, having to empty their own pots in the morning, <laughs> Maybe and,、no. and then have no Wi-Fi to、uh, share their message, complaining about their experience. Gotta have Wi-Fi. Gotta have very modern sewage system. Gotta have electricity. That's for sure. So.、Um, Uh, then again, you you guys both mentioned something about、uh, there are still people probably living in the historical streets in the historical buildings, and this will present some challenge with regard to how our preservation projects are are to carried out. I mean, these are well, in essence, people still live there, and in some cases, they probably still own the place. And how is the law going to get into the place? How are How are people going to oversee and make sure that what needs protection is protected?、Hmm. Um, there, I th- first of all, I think there are, like, you know, may there may have contradiction with the pursuit of economic interests. You know, some places consider the renovation of old cities or old places as a prof- profitable investment hotspot, which may overlook the overall and long-term interests of. Urban development, resulting in the you know some may have ruthless destruction of some historical and cultural traces, and another one is the contradiction between the cost of protection and construction and the shortage of funds.、Um, you know the because the protection and construction and management of historical and cultural districts involves a considerable amount of funds for、mm-hmm. residents relocation. Or resettlement and、um, these facilities, so and also building some repairs and maintenance. These all of these things may require 
huge financial resources. Yes, and also we need relatively more nuanced kind of management. We should discuss things case by case. For example, I have visited Shidi Village in Huangshan, and that was a really nice historical village. You see, the architectures are quite antique. Uh, antique looking, it's quite nice, and there are certain family temples you can admire. With、um, some of them are even historical relics.、Mm-hmm. Yet, in between these different sites, there are people still living in the relatively old houses.、Right. They want to make sure they preserve the overall general looking of that village without disturbing local people's life too much. So local people can conduct business. They can help protect. The temples, and they can also introduce to you their family history as well as the village history of this specific place. In that way, you engage the community into the overall comprehensive planning and renovation and redevelopment of the village. It helps local people raise their living standard, and it also helps local government to promote their. Little village as a great traveling destination. Right, and another approach to、uh, sort of、uh, negotiate the differences between people who live there and also the need to、uh, safeguard the location is to get the people living there involved in the、mm-hmm. process. Governments and、uh, authorities don't have to be the only bodies responsible for the safeguard and preservation of our culture. Certainly.、Um, Should, we should open the doors and and windows as well for、uh, more people to participate. I mean, in my ho- own hometown,、uh, recently my father、uh, has been、uh, enjoy engaged in in a project、uh, family wide to apply for uh, uh, certain funds. To have our ancestral home、um, designated historical building, and then maybe certain funds will be allocated for the preservation and renovation of the place. So I think to get people involved, to get people aware of the situation and the necessity of our culture, is、uh, one way to go forward. And、um, what what about、um, the case of?、Um, Really raising people's awareness. In fact, the way awareness really、uh, has to be、uh, increased over time. Even at the government level, at the、uh, national level, we've seen you know, progress in this regard. And that is in the year 1982,、uh, in our law、uh, concerning the protection of uh, uh, antiques and relics,、um, there was only the reference to、uh, historical cities. There was nothing in. In specific, with regard to streets, much less、um, the reference to、um, to villages. Yeah, not to humble brag. China is vast with a long history, and we have to do things step by step. Let's start with cities and move on to villages, and then to blocks, and then to streets, <laughs> and then maybe to historical buildings. It's、uh, it's definitely important, but we need to do things case by case, one after another. And it, it's also true. Sometimes people living in the place, for example, my hometown, Shanxi Province, and also. Shanxi Province, that is also a place with a long history. It's possible that when you are farming, when you are digging a hole in the ground, you would see a old pot that looks really shabby, and you want to throw it away. But、It's、thousands it, of years old. Exactly, it can be a historic、uh, antique. 
as a matter of fact. But again, with the help of、um, the local governments trying to promote this idea and also the information on social media, people gradually realize how old where they live is, and maybe certain things need to be protected. Maybe you should stop painting graffiti's on the ancient wall because the ancient wall, guess what, is really really ancient and worth <laughs> protecting. And maybe it's time to.、Um, Protect the ancient places that you live in, and may, you don't. You never know. Maybe next week that place would be named a landmark worth protecting, and in the future you would be participating in such activity as well. Yes,、um, I think this is quite a good way to involve local residents in you know the whole preservation of these historical sites because they can actually. Also, explore these kind of you know practical methods to actually、um, make agreements with residents、um, locally and to include the you know lives of local residents as part of the transformation. You know by introducing some commercial shops such as bookstores, coffee shops, bars, and B and B homestays. You know all of these can, I think both. The local environment and the economy can be improved with these moves. There we go. A comprehensive approach for the safeguard of our own culture,、uh, embedded in these historical buildings and streets. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up、uh, after this short break, a new perspective to look at the relationship between companies and their employees. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable, where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. Welcome back to Roundtable. We've talked about、uh, personality tests (MBTI), a way to categorize people and help、uh, us know what we are, who we are. Apparently, there's a new way to. Um, examining our relationship with the company, and it borrows the concept from MBTI personality test. Hmm. Actually, you use the word borrow. Um. We have to know that MBTI, which means Myers Briggs Types Indicator, it, it is initially actually most of people use it for workplace. To be honest. So, um, when we are talking about this personality test, and we can. Indicate people's personality by these different、um, letters. Actually, people use these format in the workplace so that people can, you know, better communicate and understand your personality to to identify if you are suitable for this job or suitable for this workplace. So、yeah. this is you being examined by the company by your employer. But, to tell whether you or not you are suitable for the job. But now、hmm. we are talking about using the theory, using the tool the other way around. Employees are using the theory to examine and, in, in fact, to analyze the company they're working for. Yeah. So instead of using MBTI as a way to classify your personality, you're using it to classify the companyality, if it's、mm. a word. So the thing is,、um, we know there are different scales of the MBTI questionnaire.、Uh, we have extrovert versus introvert. We have sensing versus intuition. Thinking versus feeling, and judging versus perceiving, and it turns out a company can be、um, categorized or can be、uh, labeled with all these different kind of scales as well. For Not example, because it's sentient, but because 
<laughs> no, <laughs> they because, do have certain behaviors. Yeah, and also certain kind of company culture in a way. For mm-hmm. example, if you are a introvert, you like to work with yourself. You do not want to cooperate, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You can conduct things, you can complete things, and finish all the tasks by yourself. It's definitely a merit. And yet, you live in the kind of company. Live in. Gosh, what am I thinking? You work in the kind <laughs> of company that focuses more on. Group working on um, the kind teamwork and on, on the kind of tasks that require all members of the team to conduct.、Mm-hmm. They have meetings a lot. They require you to talk to, if not each and、everybody、every and individual. See, see to, everybody, please. To, <laughs> yes, to have the information and to finish the task. Then you're miserable every day. It's just not your company. Hmm. Unless But, you're sociable, <laughs> that's the thing. An introvert working in an extrovert company, nah, not a good idea. I think that mostly related to the current leadership, or you know, the nature of the work. You know, for example,、sure. if your job requires attention to detail and、uh, precision, these traits are likely to be reflected in the personality of the employees. Because if you are just、um, very You know, outrageously not careful. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> that that may you know make you not suitable, and you know the whole、um, you know workplace culture may not suitable for you. And moreover, leaders will take into account the personality of individuals when hiring. So in that case, people may see you know different companyality when they are <laughs> you know examining the company. And also, one the thing is, different companies in different industries actually have different requirements. I've seen、mm. this little clip on social media:、um, a team leader talking to new interns that、right. when you're adjusting the format, do not use space. Use the first line indentation. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's like it's really a minor detail that I will never notice if I haven't seen this little clip. Yet that is kind of like the standard practice of that industry. So, yeah, I think companyality actually matters. If I am in that company, I would be kicked out maybe the first day. What can you do when you apply this theory, and then find out that you don't quite agree with the companyality? Oh, I think. Um, well, then we need to specifically talk about、uh, you know maybe one or two letters of these MBTI personalities. For example, J、uh, type, which means judging, or you basically are more in favor of planning things and you do things according to the schedule. But there is another side of this personality which is perceiving, which means you would like to go with the flow and to see what is going to happen spontaneously. So. According to this, if this company require you to basically, you have a fixed timetable and you need to finish one thing after another, then I think J person is more suitable. <laughs> then P P person is not that kind of you know <laughs> dish for this company. Yes, and I think when you are being interviewed, you're also quietly, secretly interviewing the company. You should notice whether or not the company is really loud. If people are talking to each other constantly, you wanna make sure.、Well, you wanna let's say observe a little bit whether or not the employees are running around all the time. If they are being very busy, if their desk is very organized, if the paper, the used paper and the not used paper 
are arranged in certain types. You want to ask around a little bit. Ask them what they do every day. Do they write a lot of reports, daily reports, weekly reports, monthly reports? Quite a lot.、Ugh. You want to know the companyality of the company before you are really committed to the company. That is a way to judge or to make the decision to see whether or not the companyality matches with your personality. Fair enough. That was a very fun discussion about、uh, a very fun topic. But a little disclaimer before we go, and that is, MPTI or not, it is just as reliable or unreliable as the horoscope. So、uh, <laughs> yeah. take it with a grain of salt. I mean, there it's not like you, when you don't agree with the company, you, there's nothing you can do. I believe every, anybody has the ability to adapt to to the new environment. It's how our ancestors survived in ancient times. So I think I bet you can survive too. Thank you for listening.